You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 439. I don't really know where to get started. I'm I'm too young. I've I don't have enough money. I don't have enough experience. And so I kept coming up with all these reasons, which are just limiting beliefs, about why I couldn't get started in this space. And I was really lucky. I had this this experience that kind of opened up my eyes to all of the potential that I really have. But it really all started with personal development. It really all started with understanding how the thoughts and beliefs that I have end up leading to the actions that I take. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. Welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. I am your host, Lauren Hardy. And if this is your first time listening in, welcome. You are about to experience the number one best wholesaling podcast in the world. If you are already one of our loyal listeners, one of our Rhino Tribe members, welcome back. Thank you for tuning in today for a very special episode. Today, we have Steven Pesavento in the house. Steven is one of the biggest virtual investors that I know, and he's also a great friend of mine. Steven, how's it going? Oh, it's going great. Excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. Thanks for joining us today. Why don't you tell us where you live currently and where is your home market for wholesaling or investing? I live here in Denver, Colorado, and my market is Raleigh, North Carolina, and and we still do a little bit of business in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And so I've always invested virtually since the very beginning. And why did you always invest virtually? What brought you to do that? So it's interesting, right? I'm sure a lot of the listeners can relate to this is that when you're just getting started, you don't have a lot of money and you start marketing and you're not seeing any results, it's kind of scary. And, and I was living in Southern California at the time out in Orange County. So very close mm-hmm. to where you are at. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had sent 3,000 mailers. I sent 3,000 letters and I got 12 phone calls back. And so I was devastated because I had spent you know, 1,000 some dollars, which to me at the time was a lot of money. I realized like, very quickly that I wasn't getting the kind of response rate that I was going to need for the budget that I had to be able to continue sending mailers on a regular basis. And so I started looking, well, where are there some other markets where I might be able to get a better return on my investment? Because Mm -hmm. I only had so much money to put into the business to get started. So I thought, well, it's extremely competitive here. Why don't I look in a virtual market and happen to pick one that is a really strong market? What was the first one you picked? So Raleigh was the first one. I definitely... Minneapolis is where I was born and raised. So I know that market. I have people there. I have a lot of reasons to go visit and travel. But Raleigh was just really strong. Right off the bat, I ended up partnering with somebody who moved from California out to Raleigh. And the partnership really was so that I had boots on the ground, specifically for flipping houses. Now, we've wholesaled quite a few houses. We've flipped quite a few houses, over 200 in the last three years at this point. But 
what was really beneficial was knowing that person before they went out to the market. But I've also went and entered other markets. And you know, it's as simple as going and meeting some people, building some relationships or hiring somebody who's actually going to go and do the work. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, I remember when we met and I thought that that was really interesting. We were both like in, living in the same area and we both were like, I think we need to do this virtually. I think we were around like kind of getting into the virtual thing around the same time. So it was really cool to be able to meet you. So you started out though, house flipping out in your out-of-state market. And so tell me like, how did you go about that with working with your boots on ground? Like what was your relationship with this partner? Going into a market virtually and flipping in that market is a very difficult thing to do. I think that I wouldn't recommend it to new people. In this case, in this scenario, what I really wanted to do was flip houses because I saw so much potential, so much opportunity there. But I realized that my sweet spot was actually marketing, lead generation, sales, team, scaling, building a business that is really based upon other people going out and doing each of their roles. The way that it would work for me, the the reason why it made sense to partner with this person is because they had 10 years of experience flipping houses or more. They were moving to that market for a lot of reasons because California is a hard place to develop. And the rules in Raleigh at the time, even though they've tightened up quite a bit, were a lot easier. And so when I decided to partner, it was really clear what the roles were going to be. I was going to go and find the deals and he was going to manage the projects. And then we were going to split the profits down the middle 50-50. And we we're going to wholesale a portion of all the leads that we got in to kind of keep the operation running. And so it ends up being kind of a great like in the middle type situation to be able to have somebody that can manage those projects while also being able to bring in money from day one from wholesaling fees. Because you know, on the flipping side, it might take three, four, five, six, eight months before you actually get a paycheck from that deal. So it was a nice little hybrid, although I really wouldn't recommend it to new people getting started. I actually say the same thing. Flipping out of state has never been very easy for me. I've definitely... All the horror stories have always sort of came from my out-of-state projects versus like my in-California stuff. So I tend to agree. I tend to tell people, try to sell deals wholesale when you're trying to work out-of-state markets or virtually because it's really tough to manage a team when you're not local. Yeah. And I think it's possible. So I don't want people to create a limiting belief that it's impossible to do. But but at the end of the day, it's much harder and it requires presence. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to go out to that market. You're going to have to visit. You're going to have to go and do those things. But it's probably a better idea to wholesale those properties off or make sure that if you are going to do any projects, that you've got some kind of agreement going where you make sure that you're not going to get screwed along the way. So, you know, you mentioned that you have your partner that helped you, you know, with the flips. He was the boots on ground and everything. If say somebody, you know, just wanted to go for it, they wanted to get into the house flipping business, what is something that they would need to look for? Or like what were some qualities that you found were really helpful and it where it made like a good fit, a good synergy between you guys? Yeah, absolutely. So I think right off the bat, a great partnership, whether I'm talking about the one that I actually have or had, or I'm talking about what you should look for. The key is that you want to have different skill sets and different experiences. So you want to make sure that you have really clearly defined roles. For Mm -hmm. example, probably not the best partnership would be two people who are super sales oriented, super outgoing, are going out and playing that role. You want to have roles where 
each person's bringing something different to the table. So in this instant, this person had a lot of experience flipping houses. They understood the construction side. So assuming that they were doing their job well and they were paying attention, they were going to properties, we would thrive on the house flipping side because they had the experience they knew what to look for. Now, me, on the other hand, I happen to bring a lot of marketing, a lot of team building, a lot of sales type skill sets to the table. And so that was where I really thrived. And so when searching for a partner, I think it's key to really understand upfront what that expectation is. Because what can happen pretty quickly is that one partner might think, hey, well, I'm going to do XYZ. And the other partner thinks you know, they're going to do ABC. And if there's not clear understanding from the beginning, there's going to be problems. And then what's great about real estate is that you can check in over time and see, okay, well, are we still in alignment with what needs to happen? And if you have to go your separate ways, then that's just part of the program and part of the process. But what we're doing now today is we're almost exclusively wholesaling. We've stopped flipping out of state. And that's just because you know, the risk versus the reward for us and for the lifestyle that I am creating, it didn't make as much sense. It ended up freeing up, up a lot more time to be able to help people within our mindset members community, you know, with the podcast, with some of the other real estate ventures that we have coming down the pipeline on the multifamily side. Why don't you tell us a little bit more? Because that's one thing I really do love about you is that you've created a podcast all about mindset. I've listened to so many real estate podcasts and yours is very unique. So why don't you tell us a little bit about like mindset and what got you inspired to create a podcast all about it? And for all the listeners out there who love Lauren, I'm going to encourage you guys go and listen to Lauren's episode of The Investor Mindset. We'll drop the number in the show notes here so you guys can easily go over there because it gives a great intro to who Lauren is, some stuff you probably haven't heard elsewhere. But what I'll say is that You know, my story when I was getting started, you know, I came from a background probably similar to a lot of you guys. Grew up in a, you know, a house where I had great loving parents. They weren't together. They had been divorced really early on in life and money was a big challenge, right? And I kind of grew up believing that money was this scary thing that ended up just causing so many fights and so many different things along the way. And so I had always wanted to be an entrepreneur because I saw the potential of what life could be like if I went out and did things on my own. Mindset for me really came into play because I had so much fear. So much fear of maybe I don't, I can't do this. Maybe I'm not that kind of person. I don't really have like family or friends who invest in real estate. I don't really know where to get started. I'm, I'm too young. I've, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough experience. And so I kept coming up with all these reasons, which are just limiting beliefs about why I couldn't get started in this space. And I was really lucky. I had this, this experience that kind of opened up my eyes to all of the potential that I really have. But it really all started with personal development. It really all started with understanding how the thoughts and beliefs that I have end up leading to the actions that I take. And through the Investor Mindset podcast, which has been so incredible, is that we're interviewing extremely successful entrepreneurs and investors and really diving in to how they think so that we can all apply that within our own lives and really realize that like, oh, well, if they can do it, then I can definitely do it. I love that. I really do. I I mean, I think mindset is so important. I know that I've really struggled in my, you know, career getting started. We started in Southern California and most of the people that started around us gave up. It was my mindset that really helped me persevere. And I said, you know what? Like, if these people can do it in different states, 
why can't I do it in a different state? Like, why do I have to physically be present? Let's be real. Like with Southern California, like the traffic just to get somewhere took like two hours to get to a seller meeting. So I would avoid going to seller meetings anyway, because I didn't want to sit on the 405. So, you know, I started getting practice, like closing deals over the phone just to avoid like the 405 freeway. So, I mean, I figured, okay, mindset, like if I can do this and it's in California and I'm still doing it over the phone, like why can't I do it in Tennessee? Why can't I do it in Oklahoma? And it's so true that there's so many limiting beliefs that people hold. These thoughts that really end up holding us back, they act like anchors. And you guys have probably all heard about this stuff, but it ends up playing such a big role in your life. And you know, even right now, I probably would ask yourself, what do you think is holding you back from going after your dreams to get started in wholesaling? Or what's holding you back from really advancing to the next level in the business that you're already building? Because right there, when you answer that question, whatever that thing is, whatever that belief is that you think is holding you back is 100% some kind of limitation that you can overcome. And at the end of the day, like, there's very few things that other people can do that we can't do if we're so committed to going after it. And so I'm so grateful that I had spent some time learning about this stuff, listening to podcasts, joining masterminds, getting coaching and some training. Because you know, in my first year, I went from zero, never done a real estate deal, didn't have any money in the bank, put everything on credit card in order to get started to having 75 deals completed by the end of year one, and over a million dollars in revenue in that time period. And I share that not to impress anybody, but just to show, just to show as an example of what's possible, that when you really commit yourself to going out and creating a business that you want, that, that you can do it. Because I'm not special, and Lauren's not special, and Cody, and Brent, and everyone else is not special. The only difference is that we've went and did it. And so I know anyone can hopefully take that and run with it and just realize that like this business is not really that complex. It's pretty simple. It just takes a little bit of effort to really succeed at doing and and you guys can do that. I mean, I even think like when you say like, you know, so and so is not special, I'm not special, whatever. I disagree with you, just kidding. <laughs> but I <laughs> what is funny is like when you meet and you I'm sure with your podcast, like when you talk to high level, high producing high net worth individuals, when you spend a lot of time with these people, especially like I've done, you know, some business with high net worth individuals, you do realize like, wow, they're just like me. Like they're not that special. Like I had, you know, getting started eight years ago, I had these ideas that like these people were so much smarter than me and maybe they had a better start or they had, I don't know, parents that were successful in business as well. And like, I again, all these limiting beliefs. And then like you get to know them and you're like, wow, they are not any smarter than I am. And okay, if they can do this, so can I. So I mean, I recommend people like hang around people that you want to be like, because you'll then learn that Mm -hmm. you're just as great and smart and just as capable as they are. I couldn't agree more. The moment that things really changed for me, it was like pillars and it kind of was like a hockey stick of growth where I started investing in myself by listening and reading books and listening to podcasts and being mentored by people that I wasn't actually in direct contact with. I didn't know these people. I was listening to Tim Ferriss and Tony Robbins. I was taking in these different people who were sharing the way that they think. And I was soaking that in and changing my thoughts and beliefs over time. But then when I actually joined a a mentorship program, when I actually started getting some coaching, when I actually got my own personal development coach, my business coach, 
when I joined a mastermind, that is when things really changed for me. And as much of it was the process of actually joining and being in that community, it was a level of commitment that I had when I put money down on the table and I said, I'm going to get the value from this that I need to get. Yes, I was fortunate. I chose some great people to work with along the way. But what's so cool is when you surround yourself with other people who are extremely successful, all of a sudden, everyone else starts pulling each other upwards as you know, rising tide lifts all boats type of mentality. So let's talk about books that you recommend. And what are things that people can read you know, to really inspire them? What's like your favorite book? It's hard to say a favorite book, but a couple that made a big impact. The 4-Hour Workweek was amazing because it really teaches you about this idea that there's another way. You know, if you're sitting in a W2, you got a normal job, just start putting in some information into your head that could show you, you know, another way of thinking. You know, I love a lot of Tony Robbins material. I think there's a phenomenal program called Personal Power 2, which kind of walks you through this whole way of getting clear on what's going on in your life. But there's a book that's behind me and I know Brent Daniels is a big fan of it, but it's called The Go-Giver. And it's a book that is all about this idea of going and giving first and creating value and doing for others. And once I read that book, it really changed the way that I looked at business. I think a lot of people can get caught up in this mentality of, oh, I've got to get, I got to get mine first. But when you start coming at it from this perspective of like, oh, I'm going to join a, a program, or I'm going to join a mastermind, or I'm going to you know, go join a meetup community. And thinking from this perspective of how you're going to give to somebody else ends up leading to a lot more in return. And you know, when I got started, I didn't have any experience and I was pretty allergic to the idea of spending money on coaching. I've completely changed, spent yeah. hundreds of thousands on mentorship along the way. And it's been extremely valuable. It's the reason I've been able to build my business. But one of the first things that I did was I went and thought, well, I don't have money. Let me see how I can trade or something. So I went and made an offer to a local real estate investor who was speaking at a meetup in Long Beach. And I just said to her, Hey, I've got this incredible skill set of building websites. I know you have a terrible looking website and you're very <laughs> successful. I'd, I'd love to build you a ten dollars or $15,000 website just for the opportunity to just follow you around for a little bit. Maybe you'll share some stuff along the way. And the offer was so irresistible that there was no way she could say no to it. I'm going to build her something that is very expensive and tangible at the time and that she herself needed. But in return, it took her almost nothing to bring me along. And if anything, she was excited for the opportunity. So for all those people who feel like they can't afford mentorship, well, first off, that's a limiting belief. You definitely can. And until you're ready to invest in yourself, you won't. There's a lot of ways to go out and, and get value back in return and you know, go see who you can help along the way. That is such a good idea to like exchange your talents with somebody, you know? That is really smart. I didn't know that that's actually what you did to get started, but that's really cool. How can people get a hold of you? And what are you working on right now? Yeah, so you know, our big thing, we're we're still wholesaling houses. We don't see any reason to stop doing that. We've got a great marketing system down to really understand how to go out and find deals, close deals and monetize those opportunities. I just encourage people to take the leap into something. You know, I know Lauren has been doing business for a long time. She's really an incredible teacher. If you guys are even thinking about getting started in this game and you don't have a mentor, the biggest recommendation I have is to go out and find somebody who you know, like, and trust and, and try to think, how can I be more like them while being myself? 
Awesome. Well, Stephen, I loved having you here today. And I'm sure everybody else got a lot out of this episode. So thank you for coming. We'll have to get together soon. Maybe do this again sometime. Thanks so much, you guys. Check out the Investor Mindset Podcast. You can find it on any any podcasting app. Keep on going after it. And let's uh, keep making the world a little bit better of a place every single day. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Bye, Steve. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.